You're listening to Prep Insider Radio with your hosts, Tommy Morris. Good. This is nothing to do with Sage Creek Baseball, I'm sorry, but have you seen a series of fortunate events? Christian Pedersen. I mean, I'm out here grinding. I'm putting in hours. I'm getting there at 5 a.m. to cheer on the water polo team at practice. I'm showing up to our basketball team. I'm showing up to our football games. We don't even have a football team, and I'm supporting that. Noah Laxina. And Noah Laxina's number three tip for Valentine's Day is... Chill, man. Things are going to be all right. All right? You don't want to force it. Let it happen. You're going to be all right. And Bodie De Silva from Scorebook Live. He brought basketball into that one. I got to give him 9 out of 10. I like that. What's happening, sports fans? And welcome to the finals. Supposed to be like a big explosion or something right there. Apparently, I am the one in charge of also the graphics here. So no big explosion necessarily. But uh, Christian Pedersen, Colton Toll, Tommy Morris, Bodie De Silva, joining us on behalf of Scorebook Live, the official digital content provider of the entire, feels like of the entire dang high school universe now. Uh, Bodie, does that mean that you're a big deal now? Now that you work for like the company, I mean, you've always been a big deal in, in, number one in our hearts, but are, are you like a legitimate superstar? Are you, a, are you, a, are you a big time mover and shaker now in the high school world? We're not there yet. No, I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about <laughs> you, Bodie, because uh, you are the star of Southern California for the biggest name in high school sports. And we appreciate that. Um, congratulations to the team that won the open division championships congratulations to the team that won the division six championships goodbye tommy we will see you in a few minutes i'm assuming he's gonna go as rex ryan would say have a snack um we've got five more titles though for football in san diego high school or for san diego high school football this week three of the games on friday two of them at escondido one of them at grossmont two of the games on saturday so guys, what do you say we take one last stab at uh, predictions, analysis, and a chance to piss off some teams and players? Give out a little bit more bulletin board material before we say adios to the high school football season. Let's start with the Division Five championships. The one versus the two. The whole bracket is chalk. Palo Verde Valley, they beat Fallbrook 29-28 in a thriller to advance to the finals. And, and Mission Bay... They got their whoop ass on uh, against Calexico 41 seven. Them boys are into the finals. So guys, we got a one and a two seat. This is what we wanted. This is what we wanted every bracket allegedly other than a, you know, a 14 seat or something like that moving in. So I'm curious, is there much difference between in the one and the two, or is this going to be a coin toss of a game? Bodie DeSilva from scorebook live. Let's start with you. Yeah, I, I think the that Mission Bay has to be the favorite here. And and shout out to, to Coach Tate at Mission Bay uh, at the coach's luncheon yesterday. Uh, called me out for, for picking Fallbrook in the whole bracket. So I did tell him now that they're out, I get to change that. So uh, I will go with Mission Bay here in, in the final and getting it done over Palo Verde. Uh, credit to Palo Verde, though, last week. I didn't think uh, that they'd be able to play with Fallbrook the way they did and not just play with them, but come out with a, with a win there. Um, but Mission Bay, and we know how good Clash has been these last several years. And um, I just think it's it's his time and, and their time to cap it off with a victory here. We will close off every game with Tommy Moore, so he has time to come up with his overs, unders, or lines. Colton, I'm curious, uh, for you, do you like what you saw in terms of Mission Bay's offense and being able to put up 40-plus in the semifinals? Or are you going with Palo Verde because they've now been tested in a close game and, and have that grit, if you will, uh, in the playoffs? Both these teams are coming off completely different games. 
Uh, it's funny it's against Calexico. Obviously, Palo Verde actually played Calexico earlier in the year, only won by a single score. So that's obviously a common opponent between the two. Uh, I'd probably go with Clash and Mission Bay. They they look unbeatable this year in this game. Uh, no, probably. No, no, probably. That's too tepid for us. We're in the finals now. You Clash, gets his, Clash gets his ring. Clash Mission, gets, Mission his Bay ring. gets his ring. Tommy Morris, I'm curious, A, what you're snacking on? Because it looks like you always got something tasty. Oh, nice little homemade salad. Oh, yeah, boring today. Oh, you've become Dinner time a, today. You become such an adult, a homeowner, yeah, take yeah. care of his car, making salads, going to championship games. Just, you're just up to big things in life now, man. Uh, so what do we got here? Palo Verde versus Mission Bay. Now, if this is correct, and I'm assuming it is, if, if this stat line I'm reading is correct, Palo Verde ran the ball 62 times against Fallbrook. I'm going to say it again. 62 rushes. They ran the ball 62 times. I don't know how you have time to do that. Um, 390, 393 yards on the ground. They had three running backs go for over three, uh, 100 yards in Macon Gonzalez and Bejarano. Three touchdowns for Marcus Macon. I'm, I, I kind of said this before. If you're going to beat a high-powered offense like Mission Bays, you have to run the ball and waste a lot of clock and limit possessions. And Palo Verde can do that. I thought Fallbrook was a better version of Palo Verde. I am wrong apparently because they lost last week i like paulo verde in this game i know it sounds crazy but if they can run all over the field and they almost ran 40 yards against fallbrook if they can do that again this is going to be a win for paulo verde and the d5 championship is going to go to the desert we're going to put it on the poll at sd prep insider on twitter on instagram is 62 rush attempts in one game a little excessive a lot uh, it, it, it feels like a lot I don't know if it's a lot, and I, I think probably statistically it's a little it's on the heavier 61. side. Uh, it's more than 61. It's not Generally as that. 63. That checks out. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put that on the poll, too. It's 62 rush attempts a tad bit more than 61. Uh, Tommy, give us a, a, either a line at this one and over under. What are you feeling here? Or, or an exact score? I'm going to say Palo Verde by three points, and I'm going to put the over under at 56. Ooh, um, I'll hammer that over, and uh, I, I will I will disagree with you on Palo Verde. And Palo Verde, I look forward to the DMs, as always. You guys have been, been fun and playful about that. Uh, we, res- we respect the art. Guys, are we taking the over or the under before we head out of here? Under. Yeah, that's over. All right, we're split on that then. Anything else on the Division Five championship before we move on? All righty then. Yo, oh, Tommy. You yes. make a note that this is this one's at Grossmont, not at Scandido. So if you're gonna go watch it, go to Grossmont. Don't, yes. don't be going to get at Scandido. Also, just should, a be, heads- played. should be played yes. at Scandido. Yeah, I, I I think they didn't want more than four in one weekend in the same site, so that's why Division Five is at Grossmont. But I, I'm kind of with you there, Colton. I think they could have done it there. So it's been a couple of years. I, I was thinking back, and I think it's been since 2017 that they have been doing a split site for that D5 game. Um, if I remember correctly, they were doing them initially three on that Saturday. Uh, it, it, I would be curious to open this up to players, coaches, anybody out there, but I feel like your body clock can't play its best football at 11 a.m. I mean, I just, I don't know if you can or can't, but I just, no, you're, you're saying no, it's you weird. can't, or you but just, it have to be earlier. So the way it is now, it's one and seven. So if you do that math again, like they are early that have started that game or push everything back. I do think the six hours is a little excessive in between games. I think three hours, give an hour for ceremonies and another hour for clearing everything out probably is fine. But 
the way they have it set up now, you would need to start the game at like eight in the morning. So I, I don't know. I want to see if I'm remembering correctly. It was like either 10 or 11, 1 30 oh. and 7 30 or something like that. It's I weird. thought it was 11 3 7. 11 3 7. Yeah. yeah. It, it, they, they did that for a couple Which of Which I can but... see. It's a little tight. I mean, look, I'd love to see all the games at one place, but they got to make the decision. I can't blame them there. Yeah, I will always stand up for CIF is not making malicious decisions here. Like they, the CIF's attempt to do this is to offer a 7 p.m. game. Yeah. Of, you know, you talk about every team should get that similar experience. Yeah. To me, the better experience is playing it under the lights at night, like a legitimate football game where you get the whole day to hype it up and not being like, oh, yeah, we got to play in the same stadium as everybody. Uh, it, it, it was so damn early in the morning. And maybe this is well, different. I will also, I'll say this. If it was at like a, this is not to knock on high school sites. If it was at like the now gone Qualcomm Stadium or Southwest, I would get it because it's a cooler venue. There are two high schools. There's not much different. It's not like you're losing out on that much of experience. So yeah, no, my 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 statement was going to be maybe that uh, as SDSU's Campus West Stadium becomes available for CIF use, hopefully in the next couple of years, I would fully advocate then get them in early, get them in often, you know, do two days of just pack them all in and get all the games there. But absolutely right, Tommy, all of the high school venues, I, I fall on the side, give them the nighttime game, give them the whole pomp and circumstance of a whole day and something fun to play under the lights because yeah, there's, there's, I don't think there's just quite as much of a special vibe for an 11 AM championship On to the division four game. I know already how Tommy feels about this when he feels that all these teams are great. Everyone has a shot and football is fun. So we will just uh, rely simply on Tommy's mathematical over unders at the end of this one. Oh, I'm not even doing that. Um, not even doing that deal. Tommy will be a football game at one o'clock on Friday. That's Candido. Uh, one team will be wearing dark uniforms. The other will be wearing lighter uniforms. There'll be some other gentlemen in the field wearing stripes, uh, actually potentially ladies as well, wearing stripes. One of them will be wearing a white hat. And it should last roughly three hours and temperature should be good. I also would like to add another prediction that one of the UC coaches will be there wearing uh, khakis that are maybe just a little tight, but you know, they show off that he's been working out. Um, That's very possible. (laughs) Distinct possibility, but not a, not a given again, shock, absolute shock. Patrick Henry, the one seed university city, the two seed Patrick Henry, um, they got confused last Friday and they showed up and accidentally played a basketball game, uh, 64 48 against Del Norte university city, uh, ended Coronado's season 49 15. So guys, I think that all the signs are pointing. If I'm trying to read the tea leaves correctly to this being an offensive game. Now I could be completely wrong because sometimes when you get that vibe going, it ends up being, you know, both the offense put too much emphasis and things get a little disjointed. You know, you're trying too hard to throw deep. It ends up being a low scoring game. So am I, Colton, I see you nodding along. You're, you're, you're giving me the sense that this is going to be an offense heavy, you know, last team throwing for the end zone type game or, or what do you have an exact, I have an exact over under number in my mind, in my mind. Give us your prediction then. 112.5. I'd still probably take the over. (laughs) It's going to be last position wins. Samuel Cooper at University City has played out of his mind. Elijah Lux at Patrick Henry's played out of his mind. Both these offenses, neither of them are going to score less than 50. Game is going to break, is going to break the scoreboard. Bodie De Silva from Scorebook Live. I'm curious. You tend to always have a solid stat or two 
at your disposal. Do you have any idea what the highest scoring championship game of all time has been? No, but remind me and I, I will dive into the record books later because that is in- interesting and I would like to know that. Let's it, let's at least do some cursory research to find yeah. out it, it, just in case they they approach that. Like, like just because we I would like to be ready if we if we do break that 112.5 points um I would be curious to know yeah. like just on the field hey congratulations quarterback you, you know you just threw for enough yeah how many have how many have broken 100 because they're probably a couple but when um, I think back to the Jamon McClendon yeah. game that was high scoring yeah. on one side if I remember True. correctly and then the Bishops uh El Camino game Oh, Camino. Yeah. With, uh, was that with Fuckner. 50s to 40s, something in there. Yeah, that was closed. That had to have closed in on the 100 plus point mark. But yeah, I would be curious. You know, there's probably someone that we're not thinking about that wound up just being an absolute thriller. But yeah, let, let's uh, see if we can go that that route and find out if this is going to be the highest scoring one of off- offensively of all time. Bodie, Colton brings up the quarterbacks and he says they've been playing out of their minds. It feels like every week these teams have gotten better. And this is not something where, you know, Patrick Henry plateaued at week five and just hung on or university city took too long to get their, uh, their groove on. So what do you, what do you see in this game? Yeah, that's something that both coaches said exactly yesterday at the luncheon. They obviously played each other not too long ago in league play, uh, but they both feel that both teams have gotten better since then. And um, I would expect a lot of the same Uh, just looking on Patrick Henry's side, they've scored 64 in both playoff games. Uh, going back before then, they've scored 42 or more in every game since early September. The only time that they didn't was against San Diego High, and we know that they create a lot of problems with running the ball, and it was still a game Patrick Henry won. So like you guys said, I think it's really high scoring. Um, really, I'll look for in the first half, does other any team go three and out? Because that might just create an easy scoring chance and almost like breaking serve in tennis if you get you get that second touchdown and go up double digits. So uh, I'll have to go with Patrick Henry here. I, I think they're slightly the better team, but um, I'll go, let's go 6250. I'll go half a point under Colton's total. I like it. We'll put it on the poll at SD Prep Insider on Twitter and Instagram. Does Patrick Henry football put up 40 points just by getting out of bed in the morning? Um, I, I'm, I just look, I want to say this other than my intern deciding to chew a bone directly under the table here. Um, Congratulations and a huge shout out to both of these programs in hugely divergent ways for JTO Sullivan at Patrick Henry. This has been something that's very directly linear. Like you can see all the steps, how he has taken over, given this program an identity, given them signature wins, and now they're in a championship. And for university city, this is, you know, shout out on an immediate turnaround. New coaching staff comes in after what can only be considered, you know, a couple of underwhelming seasons to close out with Ryan Price. Nothing of his fault, but just I don't think that there was a feeling before the season that University City had a solid like, oh, we're going to the championships with this squad no matter who's in charge. So new coaching staff comes in, new quarterback comes in, and that could very easily have just been, all right, they went three and seven okay, great. Like it's a building year. They're all trying to figure out each other, but to show up and go to a championship with a new squad, new school, new everything this first year, congratulations to both of these programs. Tommy, I know you're listening, so you can rejoin us now because uh, we got the division three championship to talk about. And boy, oh boy, this one is surprising. I know that some of you will claim that you predicted this on the podcast last week or whatever, but uh, 
we were all in as a show, I think, that Mount Carmel and Modern Day was the dance that a lot of these teams were doing for the last, like, two or three weeks. Yeah, 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 Tommy, Tommy. Okay, fine. Maybe we weren't all in. Tommy, you're the best at predicting games. You know more about football. All, <laughs> all hail Tommy Morris, CIF championship coach. Um, but Ramona, Doug, uh, the, the Baldwin boys, the Bulldogs, they got it done in huge fashion, 34-7 against Mount Carmel. And then modern day, uh, I would like to revisit my prediction of this game. As Coach Joyner was very quickly to point out, uh, a one-score game it was my line. <laughs> I was not wrong, Coach. SFC did only score one. I don't know if that's technically a one-score game for SFC, but, you know, it's a one-score game if you look at it the right way. Um, so, guys, this, this feels like brand-name talent versus – the underdogs, but at the same time, Ramona's real good. Ramona's gotten a couple of top 10 votes all season long from some people. So this is hype. And I, I am curious, Tommy, you uh you seem to have a strong opinion that you're ready to unload on us. Well, Ramona's defense is very, very good. The last three games have given up seven points, zero points against West Hills, which was a kind of a big eye-opener when they won that one 51 nothing. 14, the Oceanside game, they give up a lot of points. And then if you go before that even, San Pasqual, zero. Escondido, seven. RBV, six. It goes on and on and on. So this defense has really gotten better as the season's gone along. I feel like modern day is just a juggernaut in this division. This is a team that could almost compete in the open division. To no fault of Ramona's, I think modern day is going to win this game by a couple of scores. But been very, very impressed with Ramona, especially late in the season, how, how good they've gotten. Colton Toll. Yeah, Ramona's had a great season. Cash Jones at running back, he runs so hard. I was at that game against Mount Carmel. He was, without a doubt, the best, the best player on the field that night. He was running out of his mind. It's just unfortunate they have to go against a team like Modern Day. I'll take Modern Day. Bodie De Silva from Scorebook Live. Yeah, I, I really do want to pick Ramona. I mean, the, the run they've been on, the eye-opening win against West Hills, and then to me, even more so against Mount Carmel last week, I – I had Mount Carmel winning this one barely over modern day and uh, talking to coach Baldwin yesterday, he said they dealt with a lot of COVID issues early on in the season, week three and week four. And since they've gotten healthy, they've really turned it all around and defensively, especially there. So I will go with modern day, but I think this is, this is really close. And um, Ramona is really going to get up for this game. Cause I haven't heard anyone pick Ramona yet. So. So you're going to make me do that. <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> do it. Do it. I, do it. I, I, well, I'd like to pick. Oh, okay, exactly. That was that's what I was saying. Um, uh, look, I, I'm I'm I, I got to go with modern day. Their brand, like I said, this is kind of the the underdog versus the brand name talent. But I would be curious to see if this. To me, this feels like this will be low low scoring. Both of these defenses are kind of the signatures. I, I mean, I get that modern day has a huge offense and that. Uh, Ramona put up 30 plus um, in the, in the semifinals, but I feel like the defensive sides of both of these teams are the signature brand name thing. So this is going to be as physical as it comes in the division two bracket. I believe this is the fifth time now in under two years that Scripps and La Jolla will be playing each other in a football game. Uh, the 2019 regular season, the 2019 championships, the 2019 or the 2020 abridged season and, then the 2021 regular season, they had a 103 point combined effort and now they're playing in a championship game. So I don't know what that means other than that's statistically weird, 
that these teams would be playing for this much. I would also be curious if there has ever been an instance where two teams have met in a lower division championship and then the next time around met in a higher division championship. These guys were the D3 championship last time they met in 2019. Now they're the division two championship. I will just come out there and uh, I I will say that you can probably assume where I'm going to go with this one. So let's start with you, Tommy Morris. I like scripts. I, you know, I, I was impressed with La Jolla winning last week in a game I thought they would lose, but I still like scripts. A lot of playmakers on that team on offense and defense. I, I, I again, La Jolla was my favorite going in. Oh, they, yeah. Okay. There we go. Um, La Jolla is my favorite going in to the year of this division, but I've changed my mind since then. And I have now on board with the Falcons. So scripts ranch here by two touchdowns. Colton told. I don't know. It was a one-point game when they played earlier in the season. Crazy. Um, La Jolla won the D3 title. I think Scripps has is just a better program this year, and I think they win the Division II title. Cody DeSilva from Scorebook Live. I'm going to go La Jolla here. Um, the big question is the status of Jackson Stratton. Do we know if he's back? Wasn't something that Coach Roach really addressed yesterday. Um, <laughs> I'll assume he's back even if he's not. Um, I'm going to go with La Jolla to get this one done. I uh, it, I actually just received my um, official Tyler Roach fan club t-shirt yesterday. Is that a vintage uh, uh, Scripps Ranch helmet? Yes, actually. Um, <laughs> uh, no, this, this, if you go back in time, this helmet has been a prop in multiple shows, including one time where I forget who it was, uh, some defensive back from Del Norte. Um, I picked La Jolla to win a game and he, I put on the helmet and everything. And he just, he, he laughed so hard at me that, that we couldn't do the show. Like we had to take a break from the show because everyone thought I was so idiotic for my obsession love with La Jolla high school football. But Hey man, once a Viking, always a Viking sail the ship. It, the Jackson Stratton thing is interesting because La Jolla has been two different teams with or without him. And I would assume that he won't play just based off of college being on the line and it's a repeat injury, but you know, if he's out there for a couple of drives, it certainly gives La Jolla a little bit more oomph in this game. Uh, All that to be said on the flip side, I would like to say that coach Gardnera deserves so much credit and attention for what he's turned scripts ranch into. I think in the late to like the early teens scripts had kind of just fallen in that, that whole area of like Mira Mesa and scripts the football programs being raided by other schools in the area, they had kind of fallen off and they're back now. And to be where they are at with the kids that they have, because this is not like, like Durkin and Rashad, like the a whole class graduated for scripts and he replaced all the pieces and he just kept on chugging. And like, they have not missed a beat. So coach Gardnero deserves a ton of credit for everything that he has done with scripts ranch. I would love to see this one end up in, again, the 50s each and break the 100 mark. For the Division I game, the Helix Highlanders and the Lincoln Hornets are facing off in a battle of who has a better shade of green. Bodie, you were at the coaches' meeting, and uh, you seem to think that Lincoln, or I'm sorry, that Helix is coming into this game with a ton of confidence. They really like where they're at. And uh, they seem to be poised to strike again. But these are two schools that we now know have championship pedigrees. We now know that they can win at the section level, at the state level. So this feels like 
This feels like a, the perfect game to close out our Saturday night with. What do you got? Yeah, with this matchup, I think the biggest surprise to me was learning that they've only played once ever, and it was in 1954. Um, shout out to Adam Paul for sending that along to my way last week. Um, but yeah, for Helix, they, it's a really young team. Obviously, Christian Washington, not young and, and not inexperienced, but um, starting a sophomore quarterback in Ryland Jesse and um, Christian's such a good running back. And, and I think Helix has really gotten better over the year. I saw them in the spring season. And you could tell it just wasn't their typical team. So many opt-outs. And I think that experience of the young kids playing during the spring and, and being tested this year, they went up and played Servite. They played Mission Viejo at home, games that, look, you knew they weren't going to win, but I think it's gotten in the, to this point. They get into the playoffs as the one seed in Division One, and um, they're making a run, and have been impressive now. It's a huge task to stop all Lincoln's playmakers. Roderick Robinson was incredible last week. Um, when he gets running, he's so hard to bring down and, and can break the big one. And then when you got outside with uh, Jalen Daniels and all his weapons there. So it's a really tough, fast go with Lincoln in this one. Um, but I think it's going to be really close. Colton Toll, hit me with it. This has game of the year potential in my eyes. I also find it really crazy that they've only played one time. That just doesn't feel right to me. Lincoln has so many playmakers and they're so well coached, but so is Helix. It's really hard to say. I, I think this game is more of a coin flip than any of the games. I'm going to go with the Highlanders by a single score. I think it's going to be really, really close. I'd say it's like a 42-35 win. Tommy Morris, close us out. I'm going to go with Lincoln here. Lincoln with a very impressive win. They avenged uh, their loss to Madison. And they did it in impressive fashion. Roger Robinson, 135 yards on the ground, only had to carry the ball 17 times. Jalen Daniels only had to throw the ball 13 times. So they're going to be fresh coming into this one. I think they're going to have to rely on Jalen more this time, like not to knock um, Roderick at all, but this is a very good Helix defense. They're going to have to kind of throw it over them um, and, you know, open up the offense a little bit. But going back to, you know, the win last week, they didn't have to show too much against Madison. They can have a couple of those plays that, they may have not shown all season long that they were saving for the playoffs. They have them all now. I think Lincoln wins this game by 10 points. I think it'll be close throughout, but I think Lincoln will pull away towards the end. Christian Washington, unbelievable football player, arguably the best player in the county. They're going to have to rely on him if you're Helix, but the thing is, if Lincoln scores fast, they might have to start throwing. Ryland Jesse's a good quarterback, but I don't think he's there yet, so I like Lincoln in this game by about 10 points. Man, um, I, I, I want this to be like a best two out of three series. Cause I feel like both of these teams, if they could play a couple of games against each other, every game, somehow they would adjust and figure out. Cause like you said, huge amount of playmakers on both sides. I feel like I just obliged out of show history have to go with Helix on this one uh, because I have made the mistake of picking against Helix uh, in damn near every sport. And I'm, I'm, I'm officially getting off of that ship and um and on to the last available seat on the Helix bandwagon for this one. Guys, this has been an amazing football season. I really appreciate all of your work. Anything that we have not covered in these finals, anything else that we need to get out there, anything, Bodie, that people can look forward to on Scorebook Live coming up in the next couple of days previous to the finals? Yeah, finishing up some previews today. I uh, got to talk to um, eight of the coaches yesterday and got their insight on what they're looking forward to in these games, which was a lot of fun. And um, and remember, the winners are not done. They'll get their their weeks of taking on an out-of-section team, and hopefully we get a couple that can make a, a state playoff run. I know Modern Day is one we've mentioned throughout the year, and 
undefeated and, and definitely talented, whatever bracket they get put into, I think they'll, they'll be a favorite in that. And, and not just them. I mean, whether it's Cathedral taking on Orange Lutheran or Alamany that winter, we've got uh, Helix Lincoln could get a really good opponent. So uh, just pay attention to who wins and Sunday we'll see those brackets and see who can make a state run. True. I apologize for disrespecting the state playoffs because I have advocated for us caring more about the state playoffs, but I also got my first taste of basketball last night. Yeah. <laughs> daddy, daddy wants moss of the winter sports. Um, Tommy Morris sends his apologies. He had to dip out already to go get ready for a championship game. Colton Toll, uh, we're going to graduate you just up from intern to co-host because uh, you made <laughs> it through a football season with us. So congratulations. You are no longer an intern. Um, on that note, folks, we will say goodbye. We will say we see you at the football games. And as always, make sure you follow along and download the Scorebook Live app. Yes, intern. the intern says uh, that she is now the only one. Um, <laughs> uh, make sure you download the Scorebook Live app so you can get scores, to, uh, you know, all of Bodie's great top 10 lists. and, yeah, and brackets, cool stuff, stuff. Bracket, I don't know. Just everything you need is on the Scorebook Live app. So make sure you go download that. And until then, folks, we will talk to you guys next time.